Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 213 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Amber Robertson. Amber is from Carthage, Missouri, and she is an HR director for a large manufacturing company. Welcome, Amber. Thank you, Jen. I'm so excited to be here. Well, so I'm so to excited talk to, to, you to talk to you. I love to talk to everybody. So, <laughs> but really, really, I'm glad to talk to you today. So, um, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Yeah, so... I'll say, I'll start out by saying I was a skinny kid. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did not have a weight issue when I was in high school and I was 16. As a matter of fact, I was one who got made fun of for being too skinny. Me too. I remember that knobby knees all growing up. I was, I had the elbows and the knees and the same thing. I was called too skinny. I was actually scrawny. Although when I went through puberty, I did develop cellulite and thighs all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I never, you know, people say, oh, someday you're going to gain weight. And, and, um, and I thought, no, I won't. Right. And then of course I had babies. I had three babies. Didn't really struggle with my weight. That was my early thirties. And I, I, not that I'm blaming it on hubby, but I probably started to see my weight creep up, um, if in the last 10 years or so, but, and we've been married roughly, we've been married roughly 10 years, but once it started to creep, it wouldn't stop. Right. Um, and then I am, I'll tell you right up front, I am 51, 51. I'm proud of it now. You look fabulous. Thank you. I can see Amber. I wish y'all could see her. She looks great. Yeah. It feels really good to tell people that you're 51 when you look so amazing, doesn't it? Well, I, I celebrated 50 all year long. I loved yeah. it. I loved it. Me and too. I think part of that is intermittent fasting has been a right. huge has been a huge part of that. Um, so my husband, I've been married for about 10 years and that weight just kept creeping up. And I would say at that time, probably, um, I feel like I'm in the minority, but probably about 135, which when I hear all these stories is not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. How tall um, are you? Five, four. Okay. Five, four or five, 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 four. And so I didn't think too much about it at first. I was a huge runner for many years. The running didn't help. I'll t- just flat out. I mean, I used to do half marathons and I continued to gain weight while doing half right. marathons. I, um, it boggled me to no end weight training. I used to love Pilates. I mean, I've always been some kind of person who exercised. I would not consider myself to be hardcore except for when mm-hmm. I was running a lot for, for oh, half yeah. marathons. And then the scale just continued to go. Right. And I think around 2018, 2019, I don't remember specifically. I remember, I do remember vividly the morning I got on the scale and the scale said 150. Mm -hmm. And I cried. Mm -hmm. Now, I did look back at my app just for some history. I actually hit 154. I don't remember 154, but I do remember 150. Well, you know, we do all have those those barriers that were like, if I ever cross this, that'll be like, and, and I guess 150 felt like that for you. It was, I was uh, something I never thought I would see on the scale mm-hmm. being known as this, you know, the skinny kid for so right. many years. And during that creep, as I'll call it for my weight, I tried the low carb, starved myself to death. So you were always hungry with low carb, just like me, starving. Mm -hmm. That's what the the part that got me. I remember when I was really trying that, it was around, it was 20, when I really gave it the last try, I was like, this is going to be it. I don't want to, you know, restrict, you know, amounts of food. I don't want, I just, I'm just going to be low carb forever. I'm going to be keto. And people were like swearing by, well, you're not going to be hungry. You're going to feel so good. And I kept tweaking my macros and that was by the time Facebook was around. It was like 2014. Facebook was around. I was in a bunch of groups. And they're like, once you get your macros right, you won't be hungry. And that never happened for me, ever. Yeah. I tried macro counting. My daughter is huge into macro counting. And I've told her that she could be a, a blogger and show people how to count their macros and plan their meals. So mm-hmm. I tried that. Didn't work. Um, the keto, tried that. And I was just angry all the time. Angry and hungry. Me and too. then 
<laughs> angry and it's a terrible combination. Right. And then when I went to my doctor, you'll relate to this, Jen. I went to my doctor and I was probably sitting at 140-ish. And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. I can't, you know, I just can't seem to lose weight. And I'm running and I'm doing all these things. Um, and she's like, well, I'll just put you on these diet pills for a while. Uh- I can relate. Thank you. That sounds fabulous, doctor. Fabulous. Oh, Lord. It made perfect sense at the time. Yeah, that's what they're there for. Um, (laughs) So we think. And she worded it in some way like this will will reset your um, hunger signals. That's what she told me is it would reset and help me get over that hump that I was, okay, okay. So I probably took diet pills for about six months or so, got down to 135. Um, It was the lowest I got on that. And then, A, it was a real pain in the butt to go get the suckers. Um, And then, B, they stopped working. Mm -hmm. I started to gain weight on diet pills. Yeah. I started to gain weight. Uh, And so, I quit taking those. I'm like, well, this is is for the birds. I'll find something else. Um, Did you find that it just, like, killed your appetite, but also made you, like, crazy feeling? Yes. That's so, what it did for me. Like I was like, yeah, food, but I'm crazy. I don't, I don't need to eat, but I feel like I'm insane, right? I could go all day. Um, I remember coming home from work one night and had a very long, you know, like a 14-hour day, and I had not ate or drank anything all day long, and it right. didn't, didn't even occur to me. Yeah. But not like in the same good way that fasting feels. Not in a good way. No. Right. Not in a good way. Like right. in, a, in a, oh, it's a weird buzz. It's a yeah. Good, it's, it's yeah. like, like you're hyped up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but not in a healthy yeah. way at all. Right. Yep. I knew it felt bad. I knew it wasn't good for me. Right. But, you know, I, those are the, the things you do when you were desperate, right, to lose weight. So, oh. And people and your doctor's like, well, you're getting older. Um, it's going to be, meta- yeah. Your metabolism is slowing down. I've heard that for so many years, right? Um, and so, so you quit taking those pills after you started gaining weight. I Well, what's the point? Exactly. <laughs> Yes. But if, if I'm going to take diet pills and gain weight, I'm going to eat. Right. Um, I do like to eat. So uh, Me too. <laughs> um, and I really think, Jen, that's pro- the diet pills was the last big thing I tried. And I think that's why from there, my weight really started to just climb. Yeah. And so uh, when I hit that, that 154, well, 150 is when I cried, but when I hit 154, it's like, okay, I got to do something. So I was actually at work one day and uh, I was complaining about it, of course. Like, I just don't understand. I know I'm getting older. And a staff member said, like, well, have you heard of this fasting thing? Like, no, that sounds like starvation. I don't know. That's <laughs> terrible for your metabolism. Fasting yeah. is terrible, right? <laughs> and she's like, well, I know this couple who did it. And all they do is eat like um, everything they want in eight hours. And then they fast the rest of the time and they dropped a ton of weight. I'm like, oh, okay. I could do that. Um, so I tried it for two days and I gained two pounds and said, this is, this is all a load of bull. Right. All right. And then, so it went away for like, I didn't think about it too much. Like I'm not going to try something that makes me gain weight after two days. Why would I do that? And then the term surfaced again. Mm -hmm. So I started to struggle with hormonal issues and, and I kept, 
complaining to the doctor. I'm like, I just don't feel right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's my thyroid blood test came back normal. And you may remember better than I do, but, um, it was right around the time. So my friend Annalisa's like, and you've, you've, Annalisa's been on the podcast. I knew that as soon as you said her name, Annalisa, what's her last name? Zinsky. Yeah. Yes. Yep. yep. I started, I was talking to her about I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. The doctors are telling me all my blood work is fine. She's like, well, Hey, I know this gal named Jen Stevens and she brought this doctor on the podcast this, that she was listening to. And I don't right. remember. Do you know who I'm talking about? The I doctor? do. Okay. Yep. Who worked so, with people with hormonal issues. Yes. Yes. So I didn't go to you first. I went to him. Okay. And I I did, you know, whatever you do online and got some initial information. It's like, you can pay to book an appointment. I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to do that yet. And then almost around the exact same time, Fast Fast Feast Repeat came out. Yes. So this was right around the summer of 2020. Yep. And she's like, you got to read this book. And I I sat on it for a little bit. I'm like, no, I've heard of that fasting thing. It just messes with your metabolism. I don't want to try that. So I think after the doctor basically said, nothing's wrong with you. Go get a second opinion. But I'm not talking to you about this anymore. And it was just kind of that just black and white um, desperation for my point. Um, And I was like, okay, I'll read the book. And I read the book, finished it within the weekend and started fasting on 8-3 of 2020 and never looked back. I love it. 8-3, 2020. I love when people just know the date, right? That's my favorite. So by the time this episode comes out, we will have just passed your two-year fastiversary. Two-year. I love it. That'll be great. (laughs) All right. So you started fasting on 8-3 of 20. And when you started, were you still at the the high end of your your weight range, like the 154-ish right around there? Yep. I was at the high end. Nothing worked. And I started, so I guess for those coffee lovers, thank goodness I didn't have to get over the sugar cream hump. Right. It had been at work just a natural progression because I would be running between meetings and it took too long to get cream and sugar. So I learned to drink it black. Perfect. So that, I thank goodness there. My first hurdle was... Um, getting past lunch. I mean, a Jimmy John's number two with kick and ranch. It was my thing. And so before I started fasting, if you had asked me if I was an emotional eater, I would have said no up and down. And I learned very quickly that as soon as I needed a distraction, I wanted food, whether it was lunch or whether it was the vending machine, the afternoon Cheetos. Mm -hmm. That was the first thing that fasting taught me is how much I was actually snacking during the day that I would not have realized if I hadn't been fasting. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress 
vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I totally get that. I think that's probably true for a lot of us. And we don't even think about it because, of course, we've been told to eat multiple times a day. So we don't see that there's, of course, anything wrong with that. But it's so easy to just be like, huh, I don't really know what I should do right now. Oh, I think it's time for a snack. Right. Right. You just out of habit. Yeah, time for a break. I'm going to have a little snack. Everybody else is having a snack. Yep. And so I started listening almost. So I was not on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend was, um, and you had, used to have the big groups yes. um, and uh, side plug. Thank goodness you, um, are not on Facebook anymore. I'll say I'm that. so glad uh, I'll, I'll say that, <laughs> uh, I, the, um, and about a month into fasting, I did not quit, but I was struggling mm-hmm. and I was listening to the podcast, the intermittent fasting podcast, your stories, and I, whether it's just the order that I happened to pick them up in, but everyone I listened to, God bless them, was like, oh, I just jumped in with 21 hours a day and loved every minute of it. I'm like, that's not me. I'm having right. a hard time hitting 16 mm-hmm. um, without starving and without like the, it's the habit piece for me that has such a, been a big hurdle. Cause right. you get to lunch and I'm like, I'm not even that hungry, but I really want that food. Cause it's lunchtime. Yeah, and and it it really I I get that completely, and I'm glad that you I'm glad that you mentioned that you started off and you were struggling because I've actually heard from people, you know, everyone on the podcast is like, oh, it was easy and I did it and it worked and I, <laughs> and so you know we need to let people know, hey, it wasn't a picnic every minute. It was hard it for was. my body. It was hard for my mind. It sounds like it was, that was really a big part of it. It was for me, my definitely my mind, but n- no, um, so I, in a month in. When one of the first stories I was listening to, everyone was, it was so easy. I'm like, okay, I need help. Like I need more support <laughs> than this. And so I surrendered and signed up for Facebook just to join the groups. Yeah, I get it. Um, and, and so I dove in there. Love Roxy. Roxy is amazing. Roxy is amazing. She's everyone's biggest cheerleader, right? She really is. Yes, that's her tagline. But it's true. I mean, like, like we have a chat. It's me and Roxy and Sherry. And so whenever we have something going on, we all talk in there. I'm sure you're not surprised. Nope. But um, 
Roxy is such a cheerleader. Yeah. Um, fantastic. And mm-hmm. so she, um, she always had good advice. So I just started, I'm not sure that I ever posted a whole lot. I did post I did post one about my husband that that was funny, but um, I'm not sure I ever posted a whole lot, but the education was so helpful. And just to read other people who were struggling at getting Mm -hmm. past 16 hours or struggling with dizziness or headaches. And I'm like, well, thank goodness. I'm not the only one that didn't just jump in at 21 hours. So I I love that the community was helpful when you were struggling and you were able to see that you're not the only one that was struggling. I think that really is the power of community because we do all have different struggles. They are not the same, but we all have them. And so having a place where you can come and honestly share your struggles openly and someone else says, me too. Right. It just helps so much. Not every day is easy for me either, even still now. You know, this morning, we were Chad and I were at the beach, and we were coming back, and he was like, I want to have a really good breakfast. And I was like, okay. So we stopped somewhere, and it looked really good. And so I had that momentary struggle of, but I would really like to eat that now. And I totally could, but I had a lot of work to do, and I knew we were going to be recording later. And so I was feeling a little like, mm, you know, <laughs> for yeah. part of that. And so it was just a little momentary struggle, even in my day this many years in. Sometimes I'm still like, but that inner toddler, you know. Right. But I want to, but I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't. Like, I was like, how will I feel in an hour? Even though it would have been window worthy in one hour, I would have been like, why did I do that? So. Right. And I could honestly say, to, I'm not sure I could pass up breakfast if I was sitting with my husband eating. Yeah, like, well, I, I had some great coffee and <laughs> yeah, it was good. I, I'm not there yet, Jen. I couldn't pass it up. So I would say, no, thanks. Let's not go to breakfast. I get it. And and you know what? That is also a legitimate thing to do. And And so people need to have all those tools in their toolbox. I'm now at the point where I might have like a moment of like, that looks delicious. I, but then I'm like, nope, I will feel better if I don't eat it. It's easy easier to say no than to feel bad later. But the the strategy of, no, I do not want to go with you to breakfast right, is it's, very legit. It's, it's what I know I'm capable of right now. Someday, maybe that'll change. That's true. That's true. And, you know, it, it's taken me a long time to get here to this point where I'm, I'm really able to ask myself honestly, what what will happen if I say yes? What will happen if I say no? And there's no like right or wrong answer. I can choose whatever feels right. But again, there is still that struggle from time to time. But like, I'm really glad right now that I didn't eat that breakfast because I would be probably groggy and like, blah. You'd be tired. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So, so you joined the group and you found that it just, it was helpful to see that other people were struggling. And what did you do as far as like, did it get easier? It got easier over time. Um, I was very slow at increasing my window. And I, I think kind of, is it a retraining you have to retrain your body to get through lunch? So right. my, my um, lunch, I just kept pushing it out further and further. And by the time I got to three o'clock, four o'clock, I'm like, okay, now Amber, you can make it till you get home now. You right. don't have to keep eating this junk at work. Uh, and that's kind of when I felt so much better and more successful once I could get through a work day it was easier for me. And I also want to say that it, a lot of it was the habit, but you probably, when you said you were a month in and you were struggling, your body may not have flipped that metabolic switch yet. No, I don't think it had. Uh, Cause I was starving. 
right starting and it does take some people longer and so that that can be you know people be like well i've been trying this and i'm still not feeling good and i'm six weeks in when does it get better they just haven't really flipped that metabolic switch yet and so you just need a little bit more time ease in be patient with your body like you did right and i think having the community is the only reason i didn't quit I'm glad to hear that because I would have, there's nowhere else to get advice. Right. And Mm -hmm. we see what's on the internet with, with intermittent fasting. It's not all reliable. It's very contradictory. So I couldn't get my resources there. So the community was the best place for me to go to get that encouragement and just keep going day after day. I I used to coin myself as a turtle and I don't know that I was necessarily a turtle. It just took me, I didn't hit um, 19 hours until January. So was that five months Mm -hmm. before I could get to 19 hours? Maybe I was slow at moving up my fasting hours, but, and I kept saying, Oh, I'm a turtle. I'm just not losing any weight. Cause I hear these huge weights in the, in the community. Oh, I dropped 50 pounds. (laughs) You do hear that sometimes. And I'm always shocked when I hear the big ones. (laughs) And I did. I'm like, you did what? Yeah. But the slow is really more typical. I think I hope of course, so. One thing I, I I was talking, we had someone the, um, that I just interviewed for the podcast just before you who was sharing her story and, and the story of struggle and of weight regain. And she didn't want to tell her story and tried to cancel. And I encouraged her to come on anyway, because I think this the story of struggle is one that we need to hear. But I mentioned in that episode that the people who tend to email me that want to come on the show are the ones who lost a lot of weight really fast. Oh. Right? Right, right. They want to come on the show. So I really need people who have had some struggle and who have not, it hasn't been always second nature from day one. Like those are stories that are very valuable to get out into the world. So I'm so glad that you started with the part that it was hard and that you had to ease in and that it took time because, you know, if everyone thinks it's easy for everyone but them, then you feel like, well, what's wrong with me? Right. And, why and you were probably feeling away? like that until you got into the community and people were like, no, it's it's not just you. You're not the only one. And it's more actually normal. Yes. It's more it's- typical to lose slowly. And, and, and even, you know, a pound a week is actually a great rate of loss. But some people lose half a pound a week. And that's that's just normal for their body. What rate of loss, once you got to about five months in and you were hitting 19, what was happening with your rate of loss? Then it started to change. So I I probably went three months and maybe lost five pounds. So I wasn't even fitting in the statistics. Right. <laughs> that That's yeah. why I was like, I must be a turtle. I'm just going to keep trying. I know there's other benefits to it. I was feeling mm-hmm. better and better. Um, so I wasn't going to give up on that part of it. My goodness, once I once I didn't have an afternoon lunch slump anymore, that was life changing. Well, that's why I didn't eat that breakfast today. Yeah, because I I couldn't can't afford to have that afternoon slump. Yeah, if I'm going to record a podcast, exactly. So you were feeling so much better, even as you were feeling like a really like very slow turtle. Yes. Yes. And then in January, I was finally able to get to that 19.5, which now I, I understand is kind of that sweet spot. And then the weight started to come off. Um, Good. And by March, um, I my lowest, and I'll say this in a, it sounds kind of weird, but this is what my lowest was 130.5. 
I did not hit 130, of course, but right. I'm not hung up on the number anymore. I'm not hung up on the number. It's fine. Um, and I fluctuate a lot within five mm-hmm. pounds now, and I don't, I just don't sweat it. But um, so, so January to March was just dramatic. Wow. Good to hear. And nothing fit anymore. Like I mean, you just, it just dropped right off. It just dropped right off once I hit 19, five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband was like, what in the heck is going on? Cause nothing fit. We were shopping. Yeah. That was fun. Okay. So that fun. was fun, but it's, it was so dramatic. I probably dropped, um, three sizes in three months. Um, I believe it. It was a lot. Because that happened to me at the end too. And when I, it was that, that spring of 2015, when I was trying to hit my goal and I also was delaying the ultra processed foods and alcohol for that period of time. But I had been like the last time I had gone shopping, um, like probably right after Christmas, I was wearing a tin. And so after Christmas wearing a tin and then, um, Got down to maybe mm, 155, slowly, slowly, slowly. But I really wanted to hit my goal by spring because I wanted to buy new clothes. Mm. So that was when I delayed the ultra-processed foods and the alcohol. And I lost two pounds a week. Yeah, It just felt like it was falling off. So when I got down to my goal weight of 135, when I used to be 135, I wore a size 6. So I was like, hooray, I'm a size 6 again. So I went to all the stores, and I was not a size 6. I was a size 4. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what? It felt so bizarre. And so I had that same window where I weighed the same amount I did on diet pills at 135, but I never saw that kind of um, change in my clothes. I lost one clothing size while I was on diet pills. I went from a 10 to an eight and, and now it's anywhere like a 10 to, um, you know, it depends on your vanity sizing, but probably a four. And I mm-hmm. remember when the, um, my waist, when you look up jeans and waist sizes, I was pushing a 32 tight. I was very tight. And when they, um, I've been shopping at the same kind of store in the area for years. And she said, I, I know this is going to scare you, but I'm going to bring you a 25. Wow. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. And what struck me about that, Jen, is she's right. I was scared to -hmm. put on the 25. And it that even that experience shocked me. I'm like, surely I'm not a 25. I can't be a 25. Those still my favorite pair of jeans. Love it. Bit me like a glove. Yeah. Um, so I I I don't know why it was um scary for me. I think I still struggle with buying clothes that are too big. You know, because you get used to buying the bigger clothes and then you can't really kind of believe. Like one time I was at a store and I was like trying something on and I am not tiny, tiny, tiny. I'm not. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I have small bones. I have little tiny wrists, but I'm not scrawny, tiny, anything like that. But um, that being said, I put on like it was a size zero. <laughs> And I was like, this is too big. What's wrong with these clothes? (laughs) So I had to put on a zero, zero. I am not a double zero. But in this vanity sizing, I was. You know, I'm probably in the real world, I'm a two. Mm -hmm. But thanks to vanity sizing, I have, you know, a good number of zero things as well. But two is probably the real what I am. But it felt weird and like a fraud. I felt like a fraud. 
Maybe that's part of it. So I think at the, at the checkout counter, I was like, I'm not really this size. I like announced to them, this is not really true. It just felt weird that we were so attached to those numbers, aren't we? In like right. a weird kind of a way. Yes. Yeah. So I get it. What has all the sizing done to us? <laughs> not anything good. That's for sure. Right. So, <laughs> so you you lost the weight very quickly, and you got down to your goal. And have you been staying there effortlessly, or has there been some what what's happened well, since like, then? So that was in like March March, March of twenty twenty one. Yep, and I have okay. been maintaining within um, about a five pound range since then. I know if I start to creep up a little bit. I just know to tighten my window. So, Mm -hmm. um, or if my pants start to feel a little bit too tight and there was one uh, nice lady in the community who said she uses her honesty ring. So yes, I I saw that it was very recently. Yeah. I had to go get my rings resized, um, because my wedding ring wouldn't stay on. And the jeweler said, well, are you sure um, you're not going to lose more weight or you're not going to gain it back because it was going to cost, it was like $180 to get my ring resized. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to say, no, my weight's not changing. I know exactly what to do. That and is then, so good. It's such a good feeling. Same thing with me. I had to get my ring resized as well. And when I went in, they're like, well, what about in July when it's really hot? Are you sure? And I'm like, yes, I'm sure. I want it resized. Yep. <laughs> And I've, I've never <laughs> They're like, well, it's really hard things. to put it back once we take it out. They were telling me, I'm like, well, I have to do something. So, yeah. yeah, an honesty ring. Although, I mean, you know, my fingers do get a little more puffy in the summer. They weren't wrong. Right. <laughs> July is, it's true. So, yeah, an honesty ring, honesty, even like necklaces. Like I had a necklace that I had a picture. I took a picture, like I like progress photos, you know, in the same clothes. If you're wearing the same clothes, you can really tell. So I had a dress as I was losing weight that I loved. It was super stretchy, but you know, when it's real stretchy, you can still wear it for a long time. But it's so funny. I recreated the photo with exactly the same jewelry and the same everything. And like the necklace was hanging way longer on my neck. Like I had like a, the back of my neck was, I had that big fat pad on the back, you know, Mm -hmm. dowager's hump. Is that what they call it? Yes. I had a dowager's hump when I was overweight, a big old one. And it was, my necklace was like, anyway, it was just remarkable to see that, you know, my neck had changed so much. That body composition. It's unbelievable. So you're a totally different shape and size than you were at this same weight before. I am. I still look at, so there's, um, there's a video. Yeah going around that, that I put in my app that shall not be named that they used. Um, and I probably clicked something that, you know, gave them permission in the small print, but I see that ad pop up and I don't recognize my face because it's so skinny compared to what oh, I, I remember. To. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. You at your, you put something in an app and they're using you as an ad. They are using me as an ad. Yeah, I remember yes. that story. Yes. Yep. yep. I forgot that story. I was like, wait, what? Yes, there was an app. It's the, it's an app that had they had a contest or something. They did. They had a contest within the app that, that says, tell us, you know, everything, all the benefits that you've gotten from intermittent fasting. Well, of course I want to share. Right. Exactly. And so I did. And then the next thing I know, I'm getting it sent to me from a friend saying, um, <laughs> did you know that you like are a spokesperson for this company? Like, what are you talking about? No, I just wanted to win something. I did uh, want to win something. I didn't. They're sneaky. These places are super sneaky. I didn't win anything. They no. gave me um they gave me free 6 months of the premium version and I don't even need the premium version. So, 
Anyway, it's okay. I still when I, my face pops up on this ad though, it, I'm still surprised. It's me, just how much my face has changed. Um, yeah, it, it really is astonishing to look back and see yeah. that all the changes that have come over time. So, you know that that is that body recomposition because you know I look back when I was taking the diet pills and had the weight that I was, and I had these jeans. They were from um, they're from the Gap. They were size six from the gap and I bought them in maybe mm, 2002 2003 somewhere around there or maybe 2002 I can't remember exactly but you know they fit me at 135 and so the next time I got down to 135 I put them on and they they fit so differently right like they're too big they're too big for me now I mean I don't know what I weigh I haven't weighed in years but my waist really got a lot smaller yep. than it had been before because we're losing fat but but maintaining our muscle mass I, and I think, so during that time period, I also quit running. So when I read and I hear people struggling in their, their huge exercise, I just Mm -hmm. remember being very puffy exercising as Mm -hmm. well. The the inflammation, I quit exercising altogether when I started fasting, like, I'm just going to wipe out everything, start from scratch. Um, I think I'd done enough damage to my Achilles tendons from running for a lifetime anyway, um, and so I lost all that weight with no exercise. Wow. And now I've slowly added back in. I have a Peloton. I love it. Husband got it for me for Christmas. So I run as tolerated. And for me, that's maybe twice a week, three times a week. If I'm at home a lot, um, a little bit of strength training, but I don't do anything. I always watch where I'm I don't do enough exercise that I feel like I'm starving when I'm finished. Right. I don't like that feeling. No. So that was always me. When I did a lot of exercise, I would always be starving. Yeah. And I, I don't like that feeling. So Mm -hmm. I can exercise now and I always exercise fasted. Um, usually, you know, nine or 10 o'clock in the morning and I'll still go till five o'clock in the afternoon and, and not have to eat. So I know if I've, if I've exercised too much, I'm hungry and I'm opening my window earlier and I don't like that feeling. Right. Right. That makes sense. So you, you love your Peloton and you run a couple times a week and you use your Peloton here and there. Yep. That's about it. Yeah, and I'm just, that I, good. I do that because um, we're getting older and we need to maintain muscle tone. This must be good for us. So that's my commitment more. It's not, has nothing to do with weight loss anymore. It's well, that's about the, isn't that great when you can disconnect exercise from eat less, move more. Yes. It's amazing. And then you're just doing it because it feels good. Like if I've, I've been too sedentary and, and I know that I'm being too sedentary, I'm like, I don't feel as energetic and I'm like, I got to get up and do something. I need to move. Right. Right. And we and that do makes it such for a health difference. reasons and not because mm-hmm. we're trying to, to lose a lot of weight. Right. So you're doing a little bit of weight training as well, you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're loving the Peloton. I do love the Peloton. How comfortable is the seat? Um, I have a tread for running. Oh, okay. I don't Not have the, the bike. bike. I've already planted the seed for a bike with my husband, oh. but I don't have the bike yet. Um, but I <laughs> See, love that's the my tread. thing. I had, a, I had an exercise bike at one time and it was so uncomfortable to sit on. I guess I have like a bony little butt or something. I don't know, but I couldn't do the bike seat. Somebody's going to have to tell us about the bike seat, Jen. I don't know. Okay. Okay. You don't know anything uh-uh. about that. Nope. <laughs> I'm not going to get a Peloton anyway. I don't know why I'm talking about it. <laughs> no, you like your vibration I, plate. 
I do. I like my vibration play and I would rather go outside. I, I don't like, I've had exercise bikes. I've had treadmills. We bought that, our house in Augusta that we bought in 2005. It came with a whole weight room in the basement. Have you heard me talk about this before? Yes. And it had two treadmills in it. Oh, that's a lot. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. She had like a, a fitness studio in her basement. It's like, I'm going to be in great shape. I didn't even go down there to use it. I mean, so that's like how much I'm not going to use exercise <laughs> equipment. Good thing you know I had, that. <laughs> uh, I had commercial Nautilus equipment and used it, I don't know, 10 times. I'm not sure. Right. I'm like, I got to get this out of here. It's mocking me anyway. So no, I'm not going to get a Peloton, but... I love mine. I like to think about it when people are like telling me they love something. I'm like, maybe I would. No, no, Jen, you would not love that. Would turn into a coat rack. Don't do it. It would be. It would be. So you you mentioned that you like to open your eating window around five. Is that typical like every day of the week? What what do you do? What's your routine? So there's nothing typical in my life. Um, between So I work from home and I travel a lot. I prefer when I – my routine – I like to open my window about four. I okay. love cheese and crackers. Love it. I can't. Me too. I, I know the crackers are ultra processed. I can't find a good substitute yet. That's okay. There's the clean-ish, right? Clean-ish. Like, really, honestly, probably the majority of my ultra processed intake is crackers. <laughs> that doesn't make me, I don't feel so bad then. I, I, oh, no, I love I crackers. Just, I, I have tried to make an effort now to buy organic crackers. Okay, so. Okay. That, that I try counts. to buy organic crackers and, you know, I'm not getting the, the GMOs in there and whatever. So that's better. So to me, the cleanish part of that is I'm buying organic crackers. There you go. But I'm never going to stop eating crackers. Like, forget it. That makes me feel better because I can't find a yeah. good substitute. So cheese and crackers is my favorite. Olives, um, some green olives, black olives. Love olives. Lately, I've been craving sauerkraut. I mean, oh, I've got some. I got some. Do you have ever? Do you have Bubby's sauerkraut? Have yeah. you ever seen that in the store? They have pickles. They had the spicy sauerkraut. Oh, it was so good. It had like peppers in there too. Do you like eat it cabbage. just right out of the jar? Because I do. Oh I just, yeah, okay. yeah. I actually ate some of it on crackers. I'm not <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Put it on the crackers. Perfect. <laughs> I could try that. You could. Do you like all of tapenade? I've not heard of that. What? Okay. You've got to find it. Because when you're talking about green olives and black olives, you got to get some olive tapenade. I just buy it. It comes in a jar. Um, I don't know. Wherever they sell like like cheese, good cheese, any any grocery store, just say, hey, where's your tapenade? It might even be like buy the olives. It's also sometimes like, you know, in the, the fancy cheese section where they have you know, the jars of things up on top. Okay. Like fancy jams and stuff. I made a note. Get some right. olive tapenade. It's really, really good on top of cream cheese. I love cream cheese. Well, you could like really put like cat food on top of cream cheese and serve it to me. And I'd probably be like, this is delicious. <laughs> I love cream cheese. Yep. Me too. But put some olive tapenade on top of cream cheese or just by itself. And you can have it on a cracker. Oh, okay. All right. That might or be on some bread. to open my window. You got to try it. If you're making like a, a charcuterie board... Do you ever do that? I go to restaurants with charcuterie boards. I don't do them at home. So we we just don't have a lot of groceries at home anymore. Jackie McCoy, she's you probably know her from the community. She's the one with those be- three beautiful daughters, and she's always posting up her daughters. The name. She, yeah. 
Jackie, she was on Extreme Weight Loss, Extreme Makeover Weight Loss Edition. Was she really? Yes. Her episode is fabulous. You're going to love it when it comes out, but it's in a few weeks from, well, I don't know when it is. It's between here and whenever you're on somewhere, but but someone was hammering on the wall during her episode. We had, someone was doing construction. She was at her in-laws. Okay. So now we're ready to get get back to the conversation. Thank you, editors. Now we're ready. So I'm glad you're going to try some olive tapenade for anybody who hadn't tried it. If you love olives, you will love it. Okay, great. Sounds fantastic. I'm always looking for something new to open my window with. Absolutely. So you like to open around four, and I interrupted you with the whole olive tapenade. tapenade. Um, Around four. um, My husband doesn't drink. I do like a glass of wine, dry farm wines. um, Yes. um, Or a beer before dinner. So I'll usually do that while he's cooking. He does almost all the cooking for our day-to-day life. Oh, you're so lucky. I cook. So when we have big family gatherings, I take over. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I cover Thanksgiving, Christmas, all the major holidays, and he does the day-to-day stuff. So that that is out. amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'm so envious of that. I love to cook, so don't get me wrong. But man, like some days it would be so nice for him to say, I got it. Yeah, I, no. I, I'm not that person either. He's like, you want to help with dinner? Not really. His way is ordering. He wants to order pizza. If I'm like, I just can't cook tonight. I just can't. He's like, I'll order a pizza. I'm like, never mind. I'm going to (laughs) cook. I'd rather do that. Anyway, so that's nice. So he's he's preparing the dinner. You're having your beer or your glass of wine. Yep. And then we eat dinner. Um, He may um, have – I don't usually do dessert. I'm not a big dessert person, never have been. So clearly I'm the salt person in advance. Me too. Um, and then usually when I close my window around um, eight, eight or nine-ish, I don't like to go any later than that, mainly because it puts me too far into the next day. So That makes sense. Um, so I, I know, you know, if I close it by eight, I'm, I kind of hit that four o'clock-ish time frame. Somewhere around. There. So, do you do you like to time your fast, or do you just kind of play it by ear now? So that's my preference. I play it by ear, or I am sort of dictated by schedule. Um, mm-hmm. Since I work from home and travel, so when I'm on business meetings, I've heard people kind of struggle sometimes with whether to eat or not. I've kind of trained depending on where I'm going. They're just used to me now not eating. I mean, That's good. Um, some of them have seen my ads too. So there's that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, I didn't even think about that. It's weird for you to see them and your friends saw them, but like literally anybody could see it. Anybody. Is your name attached to it as well? No. They just okay, recognize well, my face. Yeah, they just okay. recognize my face. Um, but if there's a business meeting or a business luncheon, And I know that they have brought something in specifically because I came in for a visit. I will eat lunch. Right. I I, I don't turn it down or I'm not, um, you know, so hardcore about it. I don't prefer it. I don't feel awesome later. I know I'm going to get the slump in the afternoon. And then I also know I can't, my brain, however it works, I can't eat lunch and then skip dinner. I can't. You know, I can't. I can't. I, I wish I could, because then that would be like an amazing, right? I could go 24 hours or more. Um, yeah. I've never been able to do alternate day fasting. I don't know if I even want to. Uh, I think kind of my diet brain kicks in when I think about mm-hmm. it. I'm like, well, if I've done this well at 19.5 or some days I can go as long as 24 hours, just depends on travel. So I'm not a slave to airport food. I'll wait. Right. I'll wait until it's food mm-hmm. that I want. Um, and they're like, well, I could just skip dinner and then try ADF. 
But I feel like for me, that's, well, if a little bit of, if this much fasting is good, then what about if you push it more? Right. And so I, I'm like, I'm happy. I don't call it maintenance. I call it equilibrium. I love that because that's really it. It's or also homeostasis is another good word for it, scientific. Mm-hmm. But it is. It's equilibrium. You're in equilibrium for what what you're living, what you're doing, and what your body wants. Right. And so some days I do have windows that are only like 14 hours if work requires it. And other days, yesterday was a very long travel day. I went almost 24 hours before mm-hmm. I ate. And I'm I'm fine with it. So my tip, I don't have a typical anymore. That's really good when you can get to that point and, and you're flexible. And here's why I think it's hard for us to to skip dinner if we've had lunch. Because really, the reason you feel so good during your fast is because, well, for me, I'm sleeping through the hard part, right? So yeah. I eat my dinner and then I go to bed and then I'm sleeping through the hard part. And when, when my body would be like, all right, I'm ready for a little food, but I'm asleep. So then it like, okay, never mind. And then when I wake up, I'm deep enough into the fast that I can easily ignore any mild waves of hunger yeah. versus if I eat lunch, then my body uses that fuel. And then after enough time has gone by, my body's like, now I need more fuel. But I feel it. That's when I feel the hunger. Right. Like a certain amount of time after my, my meal, I my body wants me to eat again. And I have a really hard time pushing through that. Yeah, but when I'm asleep, it's super easy. Exactly. <laughs> so that you sound like me. So it's not your brain, I don't think. I really don't think it is. I think it's physiologically that's the hard part, and and you really are hungry. Yeah, I just admire people who can do like Roxy, you know, mealless Mondays for the health benefits. I think right. would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to eat dinner. I love. Omelette. I like to eat every day. Me too. One meal a day is. I love it. So, um, yeah, it really is my sweet spot as well. That's that's exactly what I did yesterday. I mean, you know, we we drove. We had one night at the beach. We were one night at the beach. We had to take care of some business. Then we came home. But we drove up there. We got there. We did what we needed to do. Then we had a little charcuterie that I put together. But it wasn't. It was like I don't know, six p.m. By that point, I was busy, busy, busy. And I, you know, I watched him eat lunch on the road. I didn't want to eat on the road. Now I'm like, no, thank you. And then um, we went out and had a really nice dinner. And then we came home and. That was it. Yeah. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500, 500 What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. 
but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. And I just don't feel as good when I eat twice in one day. I know I'm going to be sluggish. I know right. I'm going to feel blah. And I I just like my, my one meal. So it's happy. That's good. So um, have you seen any health benefits? Within the first two weeks, I used to struggle with the most swollen feet to mm-hmm. the point. I mean, they say it's because of a desk job or I was starting to think I had heart problems or something um, because by the time I would get home from work at night, my feet would be so swollen in my ankles that it would hurt to walk. Oh, wow. Um, and I would have to prop my feet up, you know, try to get um, the blood flow out. And my husband would like, you know, the way he would squeeze him, he's like, that's, that's not good. Within like two weeks that was gone completely. My feet were back to normal and I haven't had that problem since. Thank goodness. That's great. That's huge. Was, you were retaining a lot of water with that all all day eating, it sounds like. Must have been. Um, and I, that was a good, thank goodness I had that right off the bat. So that yeah. was the first thing I noticed within like two weeks that was gone. I was like, okay, there must be something to this. Even if it's not, even if I don't lose any weight, my feet aren't fat anymore. Right. And then since then, um, I have gone, um, I'm almost down to no blood pressure meds. So I'm waiting to see, and I am the one that keeps pushing my doctor now. Um, he's cut it four times. So I'm down to the lowest dose possible. Awesome. And, and so he's like, I'm not sure you're going to be able to get off it. And I said, well, we'll just see about that. We're just going to see. Um, <laughs> and my cholesterol, my last appointment, and you guys are so much better at cholesterol than I am. So I know if I ever need the resource, I'll just dive in the community. But he said um, it was still slightly elevated and I have been on medication and it was still slightly elevated, but he said my good cholesterol was very high but I still had a little elevated bad cholesterol. And I went, oh, good. Then I can quit taking this med. And he said, no, not yet. Like, then I'm going to start. I was self-diagnosing myself. I said, well, then I'm going to start taking it every two or three days and I'll see you in six months (laughs) and we'll see what happens. And I am not a cholesterol expert by any means. So do not anyone take my advice here, but there's some, something with a ratio. Sherry knows all about this. She, she will tell people, you, you need to look at the ratio between your good and your bad cholesterol or something. He didn't give me that advice. He's like, I don't well, know Well, like her, her own doctor doesn't know it or something. <laughs> like she's had a conversation with him about it. And he's like, what? She's like, no, look. And she like can pull up the research and show it to him. But I, I don't know. I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not an expert with this at all. But there's something with the ratio if you're good to bad cholesterol that can let you know more about that. So maybe look into that. Okay. Do some, ask Uncle Google and see. But I mean, it's not just, you know, I mean, there's there's some solid research behind that. It's not just asking the internet, you know. <laughs> and maybe talk to your doctor about that. Say, hey, I've found this information about ratio. What do you think? And then he might say, I've never heard of that. And then you could look at it together. Yeah. Because they're so busy practicing. They don't always have a chance to know when something changes. And, you know, they're, they've they just been taught, if the cholesterol is this, give them this drug. And, and they're not... You know, as we learn new things, sometimes that doesn't translate over to right. to their practice. So we'll see at my next doctor's appointment. That's my goal. Awesome. Keep well, keep me posted. I know you'll be telling us in the community. I will I be forward, telling you. Look forward to that. So have your tastes in food changed at all? 
I wish they'd changed more, Jen. I still do love some French fries from McDonald's. I still love McDonald's French fries, um, too. <laughs> so I, I do remember the, it took six months. And um, my husband thought I had lost my mind. Six months solid after I started fasting, I did nothing but crave red meat. And I don't mean like I was a either a filet person or chicken or fish. And I right. was ordering ribeyes for dinner. Wow. Uh, and he's like, I don't know what's happened to you. And like, I don't know either. But I bet it was red, solid, solid six months of red meat. And I've backed off some of that now. And now I'll eat chicken and I do like fish. Um, but I craved it. It's like I couldn't get Your body needed it. it for something. Something. You know. Here's my little crazy theory. <laughs> I, I, you know, we, there's the protein leverage hypothesis that our body craves protein till we meet our protein needs. I was sick in the, um, November, and I, I just really couldn't eat for like uh, very much for like a week. I and meat totally. I was turned off of meat. Like I did not want it. I had like a fever and. Um, it was like a flu kind of a thing. And I just couldn't eat meat. And I didn't want it at all while I was sick. And I was like, Ugh, I could barely eat. You know, like eggs were okay, but I didn't want meat. So I didn't eat it. As soon as I got better, I craved meat like crazy. Mm, and you usually don't crave a lot of meat. No, I don't. But I could not eat enough meat right after I was well. I think I think I hadn't had enough protein and my body needed it. So let's think about the, you know, the diet pill years. I bet, you know, your body – ate up some muscle during that time. Could've. You probably had some muscle loss and then your body's like, all right, now we're fasting. We need to rebuild that muscle. You know, our human growth hormone is higher. I bet that your body was doing some muscle rebuilding and needed some protein. Well, it got it because that's all I <laughs> ate for six months. Well, that's my theory. Yeah. So we'll, we'll... I, I like it. It makes sense. I mean, our bodies are not stupid. Our bodies crave, you know, when we learn to really, really listen, like the deer who's out in the woods licking salt when it needs it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the pregnant woman whose body is craving nutrients. So they start craving like chalk or something because they need some nutrient that they're not getting. And it's sending us these weird cravings. Or when I was pregnant with Cal and I was craving spinach. Yeah. For whatever reason. So listen to those cravings. You did fried pickles. They sure are good. They were delicious. (laughs) So have you influenced anyone else? I know um, you you learned about fasting from friends. Have you influenced friends to start intermittent fasting? Only my husband. So Okay, I was wondering about him. He jumped in last Christmas. So a year a year ago, a little over a year ago. And it was at Christmas. Um and he's like, all right, well, after Christmas, I'll try this fasting thing, but I'm going to finish my Christmas cookies. And I said, <laughs> you can still eat the cookies. And it was the funniest expression on his face. It was like, what? Like, yep. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> yep. You can still have the cookies. And he jumped on the next day. All right. Oh, I didn't know I could still have the cookies. I'm in. I'm in. And <laughs> love it. He all, he jumped in uh, and he was one of those people that went from, you know, eating breakfast, lunch, dinner to 20 hours in two days and didn't even miss a beat. I was like, all right, you go. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> I'm just it. cheering him on. So he and I both fast together now. Uh, so that's, that's great. That's, it's great. It is. And I mentioned that Chad had breakfast today. It was really 11 o'clock. We went to a play. They were still serving breakfast, but he had breakfast at 11. So he he's still not like an 8 a.m. breakfast eater. But he, does he kind of um, 
your husband just feels better skipping breakfast and lunch. He skips both now. And he said, I just thought we were supposed to eat breakfast because that's what I've yeah. always been told. And he's like, I wasn't even really hungry in the mornings. But that's what Chad said, too, when he started skipping breakfast. He's like, why did I eat that? I feel so much better without it. But he does. I don't know how fat adapted he is, like I said, because he does. If he doesn't eat a little like around lunchtime ish, he does get a little hangry. Yeah. So he also is really, really lean. So that might have something to do with it. He just doesn't have the fat stores to tap into at all because he's so skinny. So (laughs) he needs a little bit more food. So we are almost out of time. It's just flown by. It has flown by. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Um, uh, when I first started, I wish I knew um, that it's not as easy for everyone. Um, yeah. It's it's not the, the miracle that, you know, I was going to drop 20 pounds in the first month. Um, and I would tell someone, and I do when I see the struggles in the communities, like just stick with it, have faith mm-hmm. and stick with it. Everybody's journey is different. All of us struggle with the bad habits that we have around eating um, and don't give up on it because we don't know what our body's working on. We don't. That's true. We don't know what our body's working on. Um, so I think there's a, I think there's a story for everyone and everyone's story is different. And yes, and and you know if you've had a atypical story, listeners, we want to hear that too because exactly. we don't just want to hear the the raving successes where you started it was easy, then you did it, and boom. I mean, those are great. Yep. And then there's the rest of us that have our right? struggles. Yes. Yeah. So don't exactly. don't give up. Have the faith. Um, good resources. Fast feast repeat. Don't buy into some of the stuff you see on the internet with um you know you can still eat. What is it? Less than however 50 calories. 50, 50 I don't know calories. where that came from. I have no idea where that came from. But it's like, no, that is not good. Good advice. But you see it everywhere. You can see yeah. it. Well, if you eat less than 50 calories, it doesn't break the fast. Okay, it's eating. Eating does break the fast. The sugar-free <laughs> drives me crazy. Yeah. That stevia and the belief yeah. that that's not going to break your mm-hmm. fast is... Well, just today, someone in our community shared something that they had seen about how MCT oil didn't break the fast. And the person who was showing how it didn't break their fast shared... Well, look, I tested my blood glucose and it didn't go up and I tested my ketones and they were higher. So this didn't break my fast. I'm like, okay, no, No. (laughs) here's why that's faulty. Because of course your ketones were higher. You're taking in MCT oil that your body is going to super easily turn into ketones, but it's using the MCT oil to make the ketones, not your body fat, which is what we want it to get to our body fat. We don't just want to have high ketones from your coffee cup. We want it to come from your thighs or your belly or whatever. So that was not a good indication that it didn't break your fast. Also, the other thing was the blood sugar not going up. Well, that has nothing to do with, of course, fat is not going to send your blood sugar up. What in the world does that even mean? So anyway, but this person was like, look, I proved it didn't break my fast. I'm like, well, no, you did not. (laughs) Keep it simple. Anyway, Black coffee, keep it simple. Water, tea. Let your body burn the fat from itself, not from your coffee cup. Yeah. That's it. Well, Amber, thank you so much for sharing your story today, and I really enjoyed chatting. Thank you, Jen. I did too. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com 
and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Reyes Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.